and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. And the song you just heard is I'm Shipping Up to Boston by Dropkick Murphys. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Dave Malachek. Coach Malachek just finished his 17th year as the head wrestling coach of UW Lacrosse. They placed fifth at the D3 National Tournament this past year, and he crowned his 12th individual national champion. He was also recently voted into the Osage High School Hall of Fame. Off the mat, Coach Malachek has four daughters, including triplets that run both track and cross country at the University of Illinois. One last thing, be sure to mark your calendars. UW Lacrosse will be hosting the 2024 D3 National Tournament at the Lacrosse Center in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. So be sure to plan ahead and get your tickets. With that being said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Coach Dave Malachek. Calby, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing good. <laughs> good. Doing good. You bet, man. How's the season started off for you so far? Hey, we got a lot of work to do. If these guys would ever get some coaching, they'd be pretty good. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's good. We compete yeah. this weekend. It's it's early. Like <clears throat> yeah. I was just looking at the dual results tonight because there's duels going on tonight. No kidding. Yeah, they you can start November first. We're now. I don't even think we're ready for this weekend. We still got stuff to install, but <clears throat> you know, a lot of coaches want to get out and get going. I think it's hard for freshmen. Kelly, just because the biggest part, they're used to high school working out for two weeks and they start competing in season, you know, and then they get 50 right. plus matches. And now, now they're coming in in September, you know, early September 7th, we started with workouts and they don't compete, you know, until November, you start losing the interest a little bit and they start getting a little like, Hey, <laughs> and they're getting their butts kicked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it started. So here we go. Yeah. And that's something I've, I've heard from a lot of people, you know, while I've been doing this and just listening to other wrestling podcasts, like, yep. man, them freshmen, they come in, they, I don't know if they don't realize how much they're going to get their butt kicked. They don't, they, you know, I'm not to get on a little, little soapbox here, but <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's so excited. Parents are so excited. They want to sign, they want a graphics, they want gear, they want all these, the fluff, fluff stuff, fluffy mm -hmm. stuff. And then, Hey man, like it's, it's middle of September. Maybe it's end of October. It could be November 1st or 2nd today. And you haven't scored. Like you haven't won a match <laughs> and like, Oh, where's all those social media posts now? Where's all the graphics? Where's all the new gear? Like, dude, this is, I'm old school from Osage, Iowa. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got to earn those stripes. And I, we lose kids and like, I could go both ways. We could talk for hours on this of, you lose some kids and you don't want to lose them, <clears throat> but you don't want to be soft on them. You want to, you know, have them love the failure and love the, the process of, <clears throat> excuse me, of getting beat, the fear of failure. You overcome all that. And it's, it's all put together, Kelly. And I think the biggest thing is like, they just, they've never been told no, they've never been beat. They've never been torched like this. Thankfully, thank God. Mm -hmm. I had an older brother, Joe, that was at Nebraska. It was an all American forum. And as heavyweight, and I called him after my freshman year, <laughs> I was getting rough. Like I was two-time champ, man. I was kind of thought it was a big deal. I placed twice yeah. at junior nationals. Like, shoot, I'm pretty good. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but I called him and he started laughing at me on the phone. He's like, mm -hmm. you're fine. This happens to everybody. I was like, you mean it happened to you? He goes, yeah. I go, ha happens to everybody. Wow. And I was like, okay, all right, this is natural. So anyway, 
That's yeah. a long answer to your question right off the get-go. That's good. You know, and I think somebody who opened my eyes to that was Alex Thompson. So I talked to him. He was a four-time state champ here in Iowa. Yeah. And um, he came Clear over. Lake, right? Was he a Clear Lake guy? No. Uh, he, he went to Underwood. Underwood, yes. Yeah. Yes. Now at so, Nebraska? Yep. Yep. So okay. he, he's here at Nebraska. And I was talking with him. And, you know, he, he got beat once in high school. And he's like, yeah, but I got beat a lot of times. I never won Fargo. I never won this tournament. I never won the, like... I got beat all the time. He only lost once in a high school match. Right. And so that put in perspective, like, yeah, you're right, man. These, these kids are getting beat all over the place. Like, yeah. 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 Like mm-hmm. you, you look in the, when you're recruiting these guys and you look, who are you training with? Are you the baddest man in the room? Then that's not usually a, a good sign. Like a lot of these guys were, they're spoiled now, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. There's clubs, especially in Wisconsin. There's clubs everywhere. Some great workout partners. Yeah. Kids are traveling all over the place. I was fortunate enough living in Osage, Iowa. Shoot. I didn't have to, <laughs> I had to go 10 miles to town to wrestle and mm-hmm. get whooped on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't have to go very far. Did you? I didn't have to go very far. So. <laughs> um, well, back yeah, talking about Osage back in that time, you you went to Osage, you won two titles, and then you went to you and I, correct? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, great. You know, um, kind of fun being on the other side of the the recruiting battle, and I was I was just really blessed. Mike Schwab at the yeah. time was an assistant coach at you and I, just been an All American, graduated from there. Mark Schwab was there, um, and and going through what he was going through and. But then my brother was at Nebraska and was in their lineup. And like I said, was an all American for them. And then I was drawn to Iowa state. Um, I thought Iowa state really? had some had really good opportunities with coach Gibbons and, and uh, being on the other side of that recruiting battle now, like it's way more fun to be in the position I'm in than really than that high school. I think so. Then that high school, I tell you, that's a, that's a lot, you know, you're asking an 18 year old, make a decision. And I think parents get involved more now than they used to. My mom and dad said, you got to do what's best for you. And I was like, well, Hey, thanks for the help. But I mean, in a, in a joking way, it was a right, good way. Right. they were making me grow up, but I love Northern Iowa. I love the coaches. I really got along well with Joel Greenlee. Um, the assistant who's the head coach now at Ohio. I love the team. It was close enough to home. I knew a lot of guys on the team. I would, I was really drawn to Nebraska. I, I honestly thought I was going to sign with Nebraska. I was out on a walk on a gravel road out in New Haven, Iowa, where we grew up. And I had a tough decision. I, I really want to go join my brother, but he's only mm-hmm. going to be there one more year. And then Iowa state came calling. I went and visited Iowa state and, and they gave me the lowest amount scholarship wise. <sighs> and I was like, like, I remember like this, how this is crazy. Like I've never told Gibbons this, but I probably should. Like I sat back and like, looked at him like, dude, you're wrong. Like no. I'm going to beat whoever you got. I'm, I'm going to beat you. Mm-hmm. And sure as shit, he brought in Dan Troop who ended up being a three-time all American foreman. He was right. Gibbons was right. Oh, really? <laughs> they, they got the better guy. Oh they yeah. Did. I wrestled, <laughs> I wrestled Troop 12 times in college. I think I only beat him four times. Mm-hmm. He ended up being a three-time all American and, and he was better than I was. So, <laughs> Gibbons, if you ever watched this, you were right. I was wrong, <laughs> but I loved you and I, man, I had yeah. some great teammates and coaches and I love Cedar Falls, Iowa. And I was a small town kind of guy and, mm. and that was perfect for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing I saw that was intriguing was you, you actually went back, you got your master's in there in 2005. So what, like, was that 11 year difference? Yeah. Why did yes. you go back and get, your I did. I, I went back because I, um, I be real honest. I, I got out of, out of college. I, I probably took the, uh, the route that everybody thought I was going to take. And I, I followed along. I, I mean, I wanted to go teach. I wanted to coach, I wanted to make money. I was just going down college. I was beat up. 
And Briggs asked me, he goes, you need to stick around and keep training. You need to keep training, keep wrestling. I was like, nope, I'm done. Like I was so like, let's move on. And looking back, that was probably one of my worst decisions. I probably should have stuck around and wrestled more, but uh, I still felt like I had some in the tank, but I was just so ready to go teach. So I went, was a high school teacher and coach for all those years. And then I ended up taking a job at Warburg mm-hmm. and Miller said, Hey, if you ever want to be a head coach, you got to have your master's. So mm-hmm. I went back and got my master's. Here's a funny thing. Kelly. Like some people go back and get their master's. My master's was way easier. 11 years later, way easier. Cause I had so many teaching experiences. I had so many experiences of man, classes were enjoyable. Like I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, but it was really, it was really tough. Cause I was trying to be a head assistant coach. I was trying mm-hmm. to recruit. I got married. We just had triplets. So I had three babies and my wife did. I was, yeah, obviously I was part mm-hmm. of that. And then, um, it was just total nuts. Like you never slept. You never did anything. And I was trying to finish my master's. And so I always tell the guys, Hey, you guys think you're tired. You don't know what tired is. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I I forgot you guys, you had triplets. Yes. Yes. Cause I remember when we came for the, the Warburg team camp, um, you must've just had them. If I remember right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And they're, you know, now they're sophomores in college at the university of Illinois running track and field. So, wow. Yeah, it's it's it goes really fast. It really yeah. does. So I remember those days at Warburg team camps. But yeah, I yeah. went back got my master's and and loved it. And then actually it was a I taught at the college level for you know 19 years, six years at Warburg and 13 years here at UWL. So I was a college wow. professor for 19 years. So did, did you ever think you were gonna be able you were gonna do that? Be a college <laughs> professor? Hell no. Like <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't swear on it, That's but okay. it's um, no, absolutely not. Like my family still can't believe it. And then I look at the students like I look at the students like, yeah, if you only knew I wasn't a very good college student. I just was there to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I, that's all I wanted to do is I just wanted to wrestle. I didn't want to go to school and happened to get a degree and then got out teaching. I was like, man, I really kind of enjoy this. And then to go back and get my master's and then be in front of the college students was awesome. I, I would teach college way before I'd ever teach high school again. I enjoyed the students and the relationships you can have, the interactions you can have with college students. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And cause you were, I wasn't that far removed from now lately. I mean, I haven't taught in four years now, but oh, really? Okay. yeah. So I'm just full-time coaching now. So that, Mm -hmm. that was kind of the trend in D3 wrestling is you had to have your master's so you could teach and coach. And now it's your hundred percent coaches. So it works out wow. pretty good. Yeah. I love wow. it. Yeah. So how did you recruit while you're also teaching though? <laughs> it's like nonstop. Like sometimes <laughs> I, I had one of the other D3 coaches who was with me, Zach cook, who's now the head coach at North central. He goes, what are you doing with your time now that you're not teaching? Like, it's freaking awesome. Like you got some time to like really spend with the guys. I got time to recruit. I got time to fundraise. I got time for alumni. I got more involved on campus. You, you just found time for it, right? I'm an old Iowa farm boy. I told you that like, it's, you just work. I mean, there, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any hobbies. Like I have my kids, my wife and I have wrestling. I don't, I mean, I used to golf a lot more. I used to pheasant hunt, used to deer hunt, mm-hmm. used to get out and do all those fun things. But I, I just don't have those. When I retire someday, yeah, I'll get back to that stuff. But right mm-hmm. now you just gotta be organized. You gotta be smart with it. Yeah. With your time as you you're busy as well, right? You gotta, you gotta manage your time and do things right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, the routine routine. Yeah. I, I was out of my routine. Cause last week I was in a conference in DC and that threw me off my routine. And so when I got back, like I felt a little shaken a little bit, you know, 
So <laughs> it is. Yeah. You find you find that time, like you put it on calendars, you work at it, and yeah. and you know you still got to take time for yourself. And I, my family comes first. My faith, mm-hmm. family, and wrestling. I mean, it, it's pretty important. And well, it's not pretty important. It is the <laughs> most important thing. And and uh, you find time for it. And I have free time. I I I like. I'll. It's fun. I enjoy yeah. it. I enjoy it. Yeah. How do you still, you kind of said that now that you're a little bit older, you know, like before you're fresh out of college, you could actually like relate to the kids and talk to them a little more. How do you, how do you still try to do that to this day now that you're a little bit older and the generation gaps a little wider? Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a great question. And, um, I've worked really hard at it. I mean, it's, we, we talk all the time here at UWO, we're going to build relationships. I mean, we have 35 guys on our team. We're not a 50, 60 recruit numbers. We don't need numbers. Uh, our university doesn't. So we just try to recruit, recruit the right guys. And so building that relationship with them, I think is part of it and trying to relate what they're going through. And to be honest with you, what's helped me most the last two years is my daughter's being in college, hearing what they're going oh. through, what their coach is kind of saying, what, what situations they're going through. And it's, it's like, mirror image of what's going on in Illinois is what's going on here, whether that's a flu bug going through the dorms, whether it's homesickness, whether it's just got my butt kicked in a big 10 race, or I just got my butt kicked at uh, the Augie open. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's funny how it's all like shadows each other, mirrors each other. So relating with those guys and kind of laugh, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) laughing a little bit with our girls of like, Hey, what's going on, you know, in your classes, then they started a week, which was really beneficial. They started two weeks ahead of us. Okay. So every time they hit their first big test last year as freshmen, I kind of got to our guys two weeks in advance going, Hey, you're probably gonna have some big tests coming up soon. Aren't you? And they're like, yeah. So we tried mm. to prep ahead of time. So <laughs> wow. I used it to my advantage of, of having the girls, but I think obviously, you know, one of the biggest things that's worked for me was, was asking a lot of questions. I used to talk way more or maybe give more advice all the time. And now as I've gotten older, just asking so many more questions has really let me understand what what's going through their brain. So that's probably the biggest thing I do. That's impressive, you know, because there's a lot, well, as you get older, sometimes some people get more stuck in their ways and stuck in their routine that has worked for so long because you've had success for so long that like change can be hard. Yeah. (laughs) But it seems like you're just kind of evolving with, the sport, which is, it's refreshing to see and hear. Well, I I appreciate that. I will tell you this though, like I, this is my 29th year and I, I mm-hmm. still think I didn't even, I'm not even close. And I say this with all honesty, I'm not even close to where I think I could get if I just keep improving. And it's just every year, whether it's technique or recruiting or relationships or fundraising, it's like, I'm asking the young coaches. I, I do. I feel like I, I work pretty hard at reaching out to other coaches, asking for advice, whether it's former coaches or other coaches that I know in D1, D2, D3, JUCO, NAIA, I mean, whomever it is. Cause I think I can get better and steal ideas from everybody. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that kind of keeps me young and keeps me going. So at, at some point I'll get out of this business. I don't know what else I would do. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah. this is right now. That's what we're going to do. So you said this was your 29th year coaching. Yep. You know what I've, what I've done in the past with the coaches I've talked to is sometimes they get lost or caught up in, in trying to continuously improve, but I like to have them take a step back and look at what they've done over the course of their career. Sure. And like, you know, have you, have you had time to do that at points in your career where you look back and go, wow, you know, I've, I've accomplished quite a bit and just kind of, basking you know that you've what you've accomplished you know because that can be hard 
It, it is. It's it's hard, but I, I'd say uh, it kind of it kind of came a little bit this weekend. Uh, one of my assistant coaches got married, uh, Josh Passy. He's been with me. He was a senior when I got here. I coached him one year. Then he's been a volunteer on our staff or helped out, lives in the community. And he's been with me for 16 years. So 17, 17 total. He's been here for my whole time. I've been wow. here. But all the, a lot of alums were back. And I, I saw some of the guys I coached and they're getting married. They're having kids They're man. I sit back and look at that. Like, Oh, and they, I, I never thought I'd do this, but I remember some of the stuff Briggs said. I remember some of the stuff Greenlee said. I, I remember some of the things that, Coach Andrews, Bruce Goss at Osage said, Jim Newowner, uh, Coach Betts, all my junior high coaches, my club, my, well, we didn't have club back then. It was like little devil wrestling in Osage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you remember like, and these guys, I Malchak, I remember when you said this to me, I was like, whoa. So I kind of stepped back like, I'm so proud of these guys, you know, and, and to sit back on there, maybe it's not about the wins and losses. Yeah, we've had, we've had some wins here at UWL. We've had some losses. We've done some good things. But man, these men that have graduated from here and moving on, even the guys that weren't all Americans, our national champs, whatever their accomplishments on the mat, if they're great young men and doing some good things and helping the sport of wrestling and helping mm-hmm. other young men and young women, uh, man, I did my job. I, mm-hmm. I hope when I leave and I get out of this that like, hey, I, I did a, I, I did a good job fostering and growing and maturing and just guiding young men. Then, then I did my job. I did my job. Yeah. I would say so. I, at least you're on that path. You know, that's what I would say that at least it looks, seems hey man, like you're on that way. Hey man, let's be real. I want to win though, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You've done a lot of that too, while you've been there. You know, I saw your post where Dan Laurent was, was back. Yeah. You know, Three time champ. I talked to John Helgerson Yes. Um, a couple, um, about a month ago. So, yeah. and he got beat by him twice at nationals and yeah. 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 He, Dan, was a great, Dan was a great story too. You know, I mean, he came, he was a freshman on my first year here and got beat at nationals Went as a freshman and got beat wow. match, match from placing as a freshman. He came up to me and walked by me and he just looked at me and goes, that'll never happen again. And I was like, Oh, and I was like, it's national term. I was like, it was in Dubuque, Iowa. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, whatever. I mean, it kind of went in one ear out the other. We had a lot of other things going on. And man, that kid was on a mission and and uh, you weren't going to be, I mean, he was a 3.9 GPA, biochemistry student, biochemistry student of the year. Now he graduated here, um, then graduated vet school in Madison, number one in his class, which is one of the best vet schools in the United States. And just so really? humbled, married, three kids now. It was awesome. Like that, I'm really proud of that. Like just to be along for that ride. I I kind of got out of the way a couple of times, obviously, <laughs> but um, he, just those kind of moments like that. I I feel like if everybody's in, co- if you were in college coaching, you got to coach one kid like that, man, that, that, that makes your year, that makes your career. It really does. Yeah. You just said that you had, you got out of the way a couple of times. Like when do you realize when you need to get out of the way and when you need to step in? And cause that can be tricky. I feel as it a coach. Is. You know, I think that's really, I think that's a great question you could ask all coaches and I'm sure everybody's going to answer it a little bit differently, but mm-hmm. I think when you kind of see the route they're going, when they need a little nudge and when they don't, and sometimes I think as I've gotten older and through this process, knowing when not to say much and maybe ask more questions and get out of the way, just like the, them, excuse me, figure it out, let them grow up and mature. Cause really that's going to happen down the road. I'm sure as you went through and now, as you get one year older, every year, mm-hmm. you're making more decisions. You're, you're figuring things out on your own. And that's the thought process and the whole thinking 
as a college coach, like help them mentor them. Just don't do it for them. I'm not, I tell guys all the time, I'm not going to hold your hand, man. I, I refuse to hold your hand. I know some coaches that do, and that's up to them. I will not hold your hand, but I'll hold you accountable and I will hold you in place and, and help you get to where you want to go. But yeah, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta kind of feel it. You know, you gotta kind of, um, understand where he's going, where he's coming from. And you start asking him questions and all of a sudden, then, you know, Hey, I probably should get out of the way. And he was oh, yeah. 275 pounds, right? <laughs> right. All muscle. I get the hell out of the way. <laughs> I went, I went too. <laughs> um, I was talking to uh, another coach. I think it was from Shadron state, uh, yeah. Brett Hunter. Um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know, and, and the kid leaves for the program for one reason or another, does that ever, you know, does that haunt you sometimes? Like, man, I wish I could have done more. I wish I did things differently. You know, that yeah, feels no, like that can go through emotions of coaching, you know? When, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're like recruits are coming or not. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I was telling, I was telling my brother, Joe and, and my mom, they still run our family farm back in Osage. And I said, Hey, you oh, guys really? always complain. You're, you're working with mother nature and you think that's so hard. I said, you try living your life with a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds and <laughs> your, whole, your whole, your whole job and career depends on these yahoos mm-hmm. and uh, which I love, right. Let's yeah, get right. that disclaimer out there. But um, yeah, you, um, you get to that point where, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation where it doesn't always work out. And I'd have to go back and look, but I I've only had one guy in the, in the transfer portal. And that was this past year. He was a, he was a twin and his brother went to another school and he came to us and loved it. Loved the team. I just missed his brother. I, heck, I called the other coach for him. I was like, dude, he wants to cut. I think he should come there to be happy. And like, he'd been our starter this year, but I wanted him to go just because of the fact that like, I get it and I want him to be happy here, but sometimes it works out with guys. Hey, I've, I've had guys come in this year. Hey, I don't want to wrestle anymore. And Hey, how can I help you? I'll always be a reference for you. You know, I, you go out of your way for him. You, you leave it that I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh, what are you thinking? What are yeah. you doing? But uh, I'm sure every coach goes through that. And I have a 12 hour rule where I can only be mad for 12 hours. And I got to let it go and move on to the next thing. So it happens. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of uh, wrestlers coming in and, and quitting, I was talking to my uncle Chet um, and he said, that's always been difficult for him when a kid comes in and says, you know, I'm, I don't, I quit. I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. And he has to go and teach the next class or, you know, the next lesson. And on his mind is just this kid that just quit. And he's like, that's always been so difficult for me. So like, have you found that difficult? Oh, I feel for Chet. Obviously I know Chet, obviously. (laughs) And and, uh, what a great family and great last name you all have, but they, that is one of the hard, because you take it personal, you take it personal. Like, you know, like we had a young man uh, decide not to wrestle more and quit. Right. And I said, Hey man, once you learn how to quit once you'll quit again, like, I don't want you to do that, you know? And once you get used and that's an old Al Baxter saying the old BV coach, he said, once they learn how to quit, they'll do it all the time. And so I always try to like, man, I don't want you to quit. I like take some time away from, but you take it personal because you're so invested and, and then they, they don't want to wrestle. And you're like, Oh man, I'm just telling you just stick through it. Like, Hey, you think this is hard. You wait. I mean, the rest of your life's going to be hard. And like, so I'm trying to teach them through, but I, you don't, you don't get every kid. We have guys quit and it's, it's so heartbreaking. There's times, I don't know about you, but like there's times in my wrestling career, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But then he went to bed, got next morning. Like, well, I get to go see my buddies and maybe win a match today. Let's go do this. And so I don't know. I, 
there was days everybody has them. It's just how, what your mindset is, you know, as you're going through. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we've all, most people I've talked to have had that moment, but it's just a moment, you know, like, right. um, you know, well, I don't want to do this anymore. No, you're just having a bad day. You're just having bad yeah. practice. And you're just like, mm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, you know, you, you t- said you were at Warper for a while. You were yep. the D3 assistant coach of the year. You know, um, I was just kind of thinking about all the accolades that you've received. You know, do you have anyone that just kind of stands out or that you're most proud of or a couple where you're like, you know, that meant a lot to me was this award. Oh, that's a great question. Well, I'll tell you, none of that had been possible. Like this is a standard answer. You don't want to hear it. Not as possible without the head coach that I, I mean, I had, I mean, I, I had Jim Miller at Wartburg and, and uh, I learned so much from him and, and things, how to run a program, obviously very successful, but also the other stuff that he did so well. Um, And then had great high school teammates, had great high school coaches, college coach. I've just been, I think the award, I don't know. Probably just put myself around good people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, here at UWL with assistant coaches that have done an amazing job over all the years and amazing wrestlers. They make me look really good. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you, okay, I'll tell you one. This one kind of got me was uh, I, I got inducted the Osage Hall of Fame yes. um, last fall. Mm-hmm. I was so humble, but like, holy, sh- like, this is no kid. Like we've had Olympians there. We've had NCAA champs. We've had state champs. I mean, we've had some dudes come through there and I, when they called me, I go, are you sure? Like, I mean, I was like, (laughs) and so to go back and, and get to talk at my high school in front of my mom and and my brothers and in my family, that was, that was pretty cool. That one's pretty fresh in my mind. I, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I was was actually going to ask you about that because I saw you were, it just happened a year ago. And like you said, Osage. That was pretty cool. Wow. The Green Devils, right? Yes. 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 (laughs) They were kind of, you know, back when I was in high school, they were always kind of a thorn in our side, you know? Yeah. What year, what year were you? I didn't look up. What year were you? Uh, So I graduated 2010. Okay. Um, They defeated MFL 2005, I think, to go to state duels. Yeah. And then they ended up winning state duels. They did. Yeah. They've had some kids and some families. It's kind of funny. You go back and do a clinic there and you, there'll be, you know, kindergarten through 12th graders and you're showing technique and I'll be showing it on this kid. And Hey, what's your name? And he'll say, and I go, who's your dad? And I, oh, I wrestled with him. Who's your uncle? Oh yeah. Hey, who's your mom? Well, I, had, I was in school with her. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And it is like that in MFL too, but like, it's crazy. In Osage, like those wrestling names have not changed. Like it is the isn't same that, last name. <laughs> isn't that crazy? That's incredible. There, there's a Fox, a Sweeney, a Sullivan, uh, a Euchre, a Schwab. Well, I wish there was more Schwabs, but there's all they're the coming. Berries, all you. Oh my God, you name it, they're in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug, Doug's kids are coming. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I wish they'd move back to Osage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, since you've been at Lacrosse, you know I. I talked to my brother a little bit, my dad, because I know there were he was thinking about potentially going to UW lacrosse. And yeah. um, sometimes what you run into is it's it's expensive. It can be yeah. expensive. So, like, how do you combat, you know, some of those cons that people see in it? You know, it being kind of expensive. Is it a private school? You know? No, it's a state school. Oh, right? OK. It's, it's, it's oh, yeah, because it's Wisconsin. Yeah. But if you live in Wisconsin or Minnesota, we have Russ Prosecutor with Minnesota. Oh, OK. It's in-state tuition. So it's really cheap here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 
for Minnesota, Wisconsin kids. And so Iowa, it's really tough. I mean, you know, give credit to Iowa coaches in, in the division three, division two. And I mean, my gosh, there's what 22 schools, I think in this great state of Wisconsin have wrestling. Is that, do you think, I think that's close 20. Yeah. <laughs> and so trying every kid's got 22 schools looking at him. And so like then to get him across it, it's like falling off the face of the earth. Uh, you feel like you get past the Mississippi river and Oh my God, we're going to a whole nother state when really in about 20 minutes, I can be in the state of Iowa, right. uh, state of Wisconsin. So, but it it's tough, right? You want to do what's best for the kids. And, and I, I'm going to be real honest with them and upfront it's, you know, it's some schools will, yeah, whatever. I don't want to get into all that, but I, I think we try to do a good job of they'll put their best foot forward financial aid, trying to make it as affordable as possible. And I, we've probably lost some kids, but I'll, I'll tell them up front, like, Hey, you got to make it. So it's right with you and your family. I'm not paying the bill. You are, mm-hmm. if it works out for you, we'd love to have you. If not, it's no big deal. We're going to, we're going to go try to find somebody that can do it financially and who can do it wrestling, who can do it school. And, and it's, it's tough. We, yeah. you know, it's a little more, it's, it's more expensive if you're from Iowa or Illinois or everywhere else, but we find some kids, we get some kids from Iowa every now and then in Illinois and Nebraska and mostly Minnesota, Wisconsin guys. But yeah, mm-hmm. we, we reach out for them. Is it one of those schools? Like, are you one of those schools where people, once they get on campus, you know, like all you got to do is just get them onto campus and then yeah. they will oh, see, you know, like big the time. vision. You know? Oh, absolutely. See the vision and the mission and and really just the energy that we have. I mean, we're 10,000 oh, students, you know, I mean, we're just a little smaller than Northern Iowa. And oh. so, oh yeah, it's great. And it's 62% female. So that's 6,200 girls on this campus. Yeah. <laughs> but it could be 99% and our guys wouldn't be able to get a date, but we, we have, um, you know, it, we're right nestled right in the Mississippi River. We got the bluffs, and the city itself is fifty five thousand people. It's totally outdoors. I mean, within seven minutes, I can be on the Mississippi fishing bass, you know, off the wing dam, and pretty easily, and duck hunting and goose hunting and deer hunting. I mean, we got guys that were in their tree stands this morning. It's uh, um, the only way I'll let you miss a morning workout if you're dragging a deer out. Usually, <laughs> guys will send out and help out, but very outdoorsman, but high academics here at UWL. I mean, it's, it's tough to get into school here. Um, mm-hmm. but high academics, when you graduate from here, the, the doors that it opens unbelievable. So we, the area we live in, it's, I wouldn't have left Warburg. I'll tell you this right now. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have left Warburg. I was stayed there my whole life. I loved it there. I was close to family. I was close. I loved Waverly. I was there with, uh, Jim Miller and obviously Eric Keller and Nick Mitchell. Think of that rowdy bunch we had back in the day. <laughs> and that's a whole podcast on its own. But, um, and uh, so you get looking at that and it, I would never left there, but man, I got a chance to come up here and visit lacrosse when the job opened up. And I was like, Whoa, there's some serious potential. And people probably don't know. I mean, some people do, but yeah, we, we they've won over 77 national championships here at UWL. And like, so some schools, all oh, we've won 10 in wrestling and three in some other sports. We've won 77 national titles. So like there's a ton of success. So I knew it could be done in wrestling and I know it can be and um, beautiful area. I mean, I'm an outdoorsman. I like being, we got hikes. I mean, we, today we ran outside November was today. The second, no, the first November the first. 1st, we ran outside in the state of Wisconsin before practice and guys were in t-shirt and shorts and soaked mm. in sweat. And we ran, we got these bluffs and we got these hills and trails, man, that's right on campus. But like you were saying earlier, kind of got sidetracked, but like you said earlier, once you get on campus and see this place, you'll fall in love with it. You'll love it. We've done over $250 million worth of projects, the academic buildings and athletic facilities. We built a new $42 million indoor field house. 
And with that wow. being built, we're going to get moved our wrestling room right now. We have 9,000 square feet for our wrestling room right now. We're going to go into 11,000 square foot wrestling room uh, within two years. We're having one of the best wrestling rooms in the United States, all divisions. Whoa. So it's once you get here and see it, you just got to check it out, man. You got to yeah. check it out. Yeah. Didn't your cross country teams, did they just win a national title? Or uh, conference title. Uh, yep. our, our track teams got second and uh, our, our cross country teams, both men and women just won our conference championship. This is one of the best conferences in the United States. So they have regionals wow. coming up and then NCAs, but yeah. Um, Derek Stanley's the head coach just does a great job. So. Yeah. Do you pick other coaches brains? Like even with your daughters at running, you know, at Illinois, do you talk to those coaches <laughs> to see how they get their athletes to peak or strategies yeah. they use, you know? Oh my gosh. I don't want to give out too many secrets, but absolutely. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Like I still call coach Miller. I call Nick Mitchell, uh, Keller and I still keep in touch. Uh, a lot of other coaches, D three, um, all the coaches at UWL, I'm always in their office. And like, I'm, I'm the second oldest coach right now at UWL was 17 years. And so we get all these young bucks and young ladies and young men there. They got all these ideas. I'm like, whoa, let's try that. Let's figure this out. I'm asking them questions. Like we should probably be asking you. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's, I want to learn from you. So I think you really miss out if you don't reach out to other coaches and other Mm -hmm. people. And I just reached out to Mark Manning the other day and, um, and in Chris Bono at Wisconsin and Agam at Minnesota and still Greenlee at Ohio and just, Hey, how are you doing this? And then I started asking some high school coaches too. Like when we have our team camp, like asking them some things they're doing, like you can pick it up from anybody. You can pick up great information, but I, two things. I really picked up a lot in the recruiting process. There's, I suppose we did probably 30, 40 zooms when the girls were getting recruited from Alabama to Iowa state to Nebraska to, Oh God, you name it. Mm-hmm. We're in zooms. And, um, I, I, the coaches, I learned a lot from some, I'm like, well, that was, you know, what he or she said. And I wrote it down, like use wow. some of the lines that they use. And then some, I'm like, that's total BS. That ain't never going to happen. Like, why are you saying that? Like they're anyway, so good pros and cons learn from other coaches. It was great. And then really picking the brain. I tell you one good thing is we got a really good high school cross country coach here in on Alaska, Wisconsin. I live just North of lacrosse. Mm-hmm. My daughter's had a great coach and he has uh, been a great resource. Uh, he wrestled in middle school, but he's been mm-hmm. into cross country and track and talking about aerobic capacity and lung capacity and training time and what to do on recovery days. And Oh my God, it's like blows my brain. Like these wow. guys have these men, and women have so much information and you're picking their brain and how I can relate it to wrestling. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lot of good stuff. And that a good cross country coach, you know, we had one, I moved to Monticello when I was a junior and okay, their cross country coach is really good. You know, they, yep. they're always competing in men's and women's. So yep. gosh, lung capacity. Oh, oh, baby. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I always tease the girls. What are you doing today? Running tomorrow, running. How about the next day? <laughs> running. <laughs> I like what we're doing. I like wrestling a lot better. Yeah. What, uh, what brought you to UW lacrosse in the first place? Um, you know, I had a great experience at Warburg and, and I, I told Miller that, um, that I, I mean, I wanted to stay as long as I could, as long as he'd keep me. And, um, man, I was like, think about that. Like, I must've missed the day when they were handing out the championship manuals. Cause Nick Mitchell got what? 10 or 12 manuals. And <laughs> Keller's got quite a bit. I must've been out that day. <laughs> trying to take my wife out for lunch or something, but, um, I was really surrounded, really blessed with the people I had at Waverly and 
like I said, my family lived close and, and, um, I just, I just had the itch to want to, I wanted to see if I could do it myself. I wanted mm-hmm. to see if I, you know, that little bit of that ego, a little bit of that stubbornness. And like, I loved working with coach Miller. He let me coach, man. He did so many good things. I can't even, that's a whole nother podcast, but mm-hmm. he was awesome. And so like, I just had that feeling like I want to go, I want to go do something. If the right job came open, I, I interviewed at Buena Vista and that just wasn't right. And there were some other jobs that I looked at and did some phone calls and I did, none of them felt like I could win. And Miller said, don't go somewhere. You can't win there. Well, then I, looked at UW lacrosse, gosh, they had just gotten second or third in the nation or fourth in the nation. Their cross country had won all these national titles, track had football had won some national titles. Like, man, we could do it up there. And then you come visit. I was like, we got to do this. So that's how I got up here. How did you know that you could do it at UW lacrosse? So like what, you know, how did you have that confidence going into it when, you know, just because they're successful in other sports does not necessarily mean they're going to be successful at wrestling, you know, even though you had all the confidence in the world, you know, right. Well, I, I, that's a great question. I, I think maybe I just tricked myself too, but I think the, the biggest part was look at the location. Like we are across the river from Minnesota and Iowa when we're not that far from Illinois. I mean, you're right in the heart, you know, the, the livelihood of wrestling in the United States. And so like, why couldn't you get guys that want to come here? Then he saw the campus and I was like, well, this is beautiful outdoorsman, da, da, da. But the, the, I mean, there's struggles as well, but mm-hmm. I just knew that if I had the right guys and I had the right vision and I'm not going to lie. I mean, I stole so much stuff from coach Miller mm-hmm. of like, Hey, he had some successor, but I, I will tell you this. And, and I don't know if I've ever told coach Miller this, but I probably, I will. The next time I see him is like, mm-hmm. I think I really started struggling when I, I kept trying to do things like we did them at Wartburg and we weren't Wartburg. We didn't, we, we, it's a different system. You got to be yourself. You have to, just because it worked at one school doesn't mean it's going to work at another school. And whether that's different with admissions and financial aid or your athletic director or whatever, you gotta, you gotta find out what works for your university. And like the relationships I had to build with different people that maybe coach Miller didn't have to at Warburg, like how we did things at Warburg weren't going to work here. And so I had to find my own niche, man, that took me some years. That took me some years to figure that out. And, and we kind of hit a low spot and we didn't finish very high at the NCAA championships. And I was like, we got to quit trying to be somebody else and just be ourselves. What makes us tick? What makes us unique? What makes this place so special? We started doing that. And then we started getting our kind of recruits. We started getting our kind of guys. We started getting results that we wanted. And I feel like we're going the right direction. Wow. Yeah. That's a big realization. That's tough too. Cause like I said, I was talking to coach Shadron state, Brett Hunter, and yep. he was saying the same thing that, you know, he was trying to coach kids the way that he was, you know coached yeah you know he won two national titles and was like all right well this worked for me yeah right let's go and he eventually yeah clicked for him where it was like it it doesn't work that way i i tell our guys there i go if i trained you the way i was trained you guys would all quit by november you'd be done (laughs) you would not be here and they're like well give me hey we'd run in the uni dome i'd put the heavyweight on my back justin greenlee was three-time all-american just a bad man but so big up and down the dome stairs. Then he'd run sprints on the track. Then he'd go to class. You'd eat, come back, practice 3.30 to 5.30, sit in the sauna, go home, eat, come back, and then put you through a sprint workout on the bikes. And like, 
you guys wouldn't freaking make it. No, <laughs> you, no, you, your finger hurts. You got to tape your finger. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love our guys. I joke with them. Like, but you, once again, that wasn't the answer either. You know, you don't want to overtrain guys. You don't want to for the time though, back in that day, that was the right thing to do. Now it's more science-based and we try to peak at the right time and feel good with wrestling and, and, and be smarter with our wrestling and mm-hmm. our training. When did, how did you come to that realization, you know, that that was maybe the way things were swinging and that's the way you should probably start to coach. Just talking to the guy, honestly, just asking the guys like, okay, if I, I think um, as I got older, you start getting a little smarter, but you also get stubborn in those ways. So I started asking those guys like, Hey, what do you think? How's your body? I'm so beat up. Well, my first reaction is like, well, get tougher. You're <laughs> right. Right. Little mm-hmm. baby. Right. Instead I started listening to more and like, ah, geez, you know, if I could just take maybe the next afternoon off, or maybe we just drilled today in practice instead of went live. So I started making small changes, which always you struggle with. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you saw a really good result. And you're like, Whoa, wrote that in our journals, wrote that in our, our daily lesson plan, you know, our, our plans on the Google doc and said, this is what we did today. And, and uh, man, it makes a difference. I, I'm, I know all the coaches are doing it when the guys are happy and the guys feel good they are wrestling better, but that doesn't mean like every day can be hold hands. Let's just kind of hang out and not train. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You got to train, just got to train smart. No one to push when not to it's trial and error, you know, it's trial and error. And uh, you talk enough to the guys, you communicate with them and you get it figured out. Yeah. And you have some good assistant coaches. I saw, was it today you posted, you know, a little, just kind of a little pump up. Yeah, shout out yeah. to them. Yeah, you know? I did. Thanks for checking that out. Yeah, yeah we did. I got a great staff and and we've had some amazing assistant coaches come through. And so we hired back uh, Babedo Yewa, who was a two-time national champ force at UWL. And his, I, it, it just blows my mind. His technique is, it has been so refreshing. It is, he's been at the Minnesota Storm. He wrestled in 2015 world championships. And mm-hmm. then he's been all over the place. And then he, then he was the head coach at Davenport Division II in Michigan. And his technique, I mean, our guys are just eating it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are just like, it's, I had to write my notes down. Like, ah, now show me that one more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been refreshing for me too, uh, to get some new technique in there. But yeah, Mason yeah. Hoffman was at Northern Illinois. It was a round in the blood round, round of 12 at NCAs last year. And he's a Wisconsin guy and he's here physical therapy school. And then we got a bunch of other guys that are really helping. I've got a great strength coach and Kenny Fisk, Fitco, our athletic trainer, Adam real. And man, it takes a bunch of people. It takes yeah. a bunch of great people um, to make this thing work. Yeah. You got that right. I mean, you know, when I always think of, or when I talk to coaches, you know, that's exactly what they say is, you know, the, the, the first people to go, it's, I don't do as much as you think, yeah. you know, but I know that you do a lot, you know, I know you do a lot and you don't like to take credit for it, but I mean, you guys you go some, through, you do some you do work, but man, hey man, when, when you get good assistance, like I've had over all the years, I mean, I could list, oh my gosh, I've had some amazing, like they challenge you in new ways and they, they have strengths in areas you don't have strengths in. And, and I, you know, I don't have all the strengths. It's amazing that I could pull zoom up. Right. This is mm-hmm. kind of technology and from Osage, Iowa to 
It's not a big thing. I'm not a big fan of it, but it, you know, you, you find out all these little things that maybe you're not so good at and, but other things that uh, you can help them with. And so I've always wanted all our assistant coaches to go on to be head coaches. I don't Mm -hmm. want a guy that wants to come in and just be an assistant. I want somebody that wants to go in and, and then they, they're a little more invested, dive into a little bit more. I think that's one thing coach Miller's done a really good job, uh, did at Wartburg, you know, and as he found some guys that, that really wanted to go on and be head coach, he looked Chris Ortner, Don Bosco, oh, yeah. and God, the list goes on and on. And man, Keller's doing a great job there. And, and, um, uh, Nick Mitchell, I, I talked about those yeah. guys. It's, it's something else. Yeah. And we're like, you have like zero ego. You know, (laughs) Uh, what I mean by that is sometimes when you have something that works and that you've had success at, you know, sometimes your ego gets in the way of like, hey, we've had it done for so long Mm -hmm. and it's it's working. It's, you know, I don't want to change it because that's what's worked for me, you know, but it seems like you just will be open and accepting to almost anything that you think will help improve the program. Yeah, it's well, I appreciate you saying that. It's it's um, you know, it's not easy to tell my and if you ask my wife, it, it takes me a couple of days. Like mm-hmm. I'm a little bit stubborn, but it, it takes me a couple of days and I'll think it through and get outside for a while and get on my little John Deere tractor and drive around a little bit and do something and split some wood. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's what we need to do. And so mm-hmm. it's been hard, but like trying to get over that, you know, everybody says, Oh, the kids are changing these days. Well, guess what? You got to change with them. And why not? What's wrong with change? Right. It's that fear of failure. I, mm-hmm. I've failed so many times in my life, Kelly. It's like, Hey, let's just learn from them. Just don't keep making the same mistakes, but fail and then keep moving. But it's, it's one of those things that if I stop changing, we won't do these podcasts anymore. And I, I won't no. be coaching anymore. If I, if I decide not to change, then I'm, I'm getting out. I, mm-hmm. man, I, I just think that if you change and put some excitement in your life and, and you want to win, you want to do these things the right way, then you got to make small changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and speaking of, of failures, you know, that was one of my questions was like, you you've had success and you've had wrestlers have success, but also on the flip side, as every coach knows, you've had, athletes who didn't reach their goals or times where you didn't reach your goals. How did you in those times still find the strength to keep moving on? Or, you know, while you're patting Dan Lauren on the back, I'm sure there was another wrestler who wasn't an all American or who didn't achieve their dreams. Yeah. That's, you know, and keeping things in perspective, that's so hard. Like that's the gut wrenching part. That's that coaching part that, yeah, it's really hard. Like, you know, and I'm supposed to be this big, tough guy and, and pretty stoic guy, but then man, you're, you're in tears. Um, cause you know, those guys put it all out there for the program for themselves and, and they want to make you proud and, and it doesn't happen. Like I, I still have regrets and, and feel bad. Like I didn't perform great when I was an athlete and, mm-hmm. and like, you're like, okay, but how can I make these guys feel like they gave it everything they had, or they gave it everything they could. And, and, and that's part of life and teaching those life lessons, but it's so hard. I'm not going to lie like that. Mm-hmm. That just crushes you for weeks and days and months, but just knowing that, you know, you're, you're leading by example of how, how are they, if they see coach Malachek throwing a fit, making excuses. Well, then that's what they're going to do down the road. When something doesn't go, they don't get the job they want. They, their marriage isn't going well, their kid, something goes wrong, their bankrupt, whatever it is like, Hey man, you, you, what you're teaching and emulating for them is that they got a good role model. Like, Hey, it's, it's going to be all right. There's more to life than just these wins and losses. And what did it teach you? And you look at some of the best coaches out there, they weren't the national champs. Mm. 
They weren't, you know, the Olympic gold medalists. They, they were guys that have been beat. They're guys that have been beat, you know, and Nick Mitchell, I keep coming back to these guys. Mm -hmm. pretty, you know, pretty good examples because uh, your Iowa guys or even Nebraska guys, Wisconsin guys, Illinois, Minnesota. I mean, they're, they're not the best coaches just because they, they have won national titles, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty unique. It really is, but man, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Like it is so hard. You know, even, I think it's even harder not to talk about them, but I'm gonna, um, it, it's hard to see my girls when they don't, they set high goals. They train their mm -hmm. tails off. They, they feel like they do some right things and they get beat and that's part of it. And this weekend, the big 10 championships core fell and, um, coming over a hill and got kind of tangled up and, you know, she blamed herself, which is, you know, taking accountability and Hey, she didn't finish the way she wanted to. That's part of, I mean, it can humble you so fast. And yeah. so, man, it's, it's really hard even as a parent. You know, I think it's harder than it is. I get more nervous for the girls than I do being in the national finals with one of my athletes. So I don't mm. know. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> in that instance, wrestling and cross country kind of, they, they fit together like that because in an instant, you know, uh, the wrestling match, you know, you can get taken down and the wrestling match yep. is over. Just like, you know, one small mistake, just like yep. in cross country. If you fall like that, <laughs> that could do it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, those yeah. couple seconds are between, you know, how many runners can finish between you? Oh, because I yeah, ran cross country in high school. So like I. Yeah, I absolutely. I think over 30 girls passed 28 girls, I think, passed her in those couple seconds. She right. Went, you know, and then you're playing catch up, but anyway, that that's part of life too. I mean, she'll mm -hmm. remember that the rest of her life, you know, and, and learn from it and grow from it. So. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you, how do you, as a, a dad separate yourself from dad and coach in that moment? You know, trying I think to... yeah, that's, you know, that um, that's one of the beauties of all this is that I didn't run cross country. I played football and wrestled uh -huh. and didn't run cross country. So I didn't know the first thing about it. And um so be just being a dad, just being a parent, just asking questions, how, how'd practice go to how, how'd you feel and what's going, you know, just asking them and like having no judgment. Like they obviously had some success and had some wins and I didn't see them get beat very often, but man, always ask them what they felt. And it was really hard to get all three of them to be happy after a race, especially they're always racing against each other too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, oh yes. So, so it's not like wrestling in that aspect. They're mm -hmm. all racing against each other. So there's some, some tight finishes in there where there's some <laughs> elbows and some quiet rides home. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. So, I didn't even really think about that. Yep. Yeah. There. Yeah. So that, that works out pretty good, but yeah, you, you learn a lot from, I, I've really enjoyed being just to be able to sit in the stands and, and not say anything and, be those long car rides home and, and not say boo and just always be there. I mean, just love them to death. And mm -hmm. and being a college coach there, you know, I got my Sunday was on the phone all day with all three of them. It seemed like each one of them had something going on and then had a bunch of text messages today of asking questions about, you know, this, this, and this, cause they were hosting some recruits and wanted to know what I thought of mm -hmm. what they, you know, can and shouldn't do or what they should say, not say. And they really like these girls. They want them to come to Illinois. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's interesting that way. Kelly really is that uh, I've got a unique situation. Yeah. And so you, um, are, are those your only children? Just those three girls? No, I, yeah, I had another one. Oh, I say right. that like down and up. no, I have four. <laughs> I, know, I had another daughter. Yeah. We had another daughter. My wife and I did. So I have four girls. I have a house full of women. I do have nice. a dog, a golden mm -hmm. retriever. That's a male, but, um, 
we have four daughters and Isabel's in uh, ninth grade and plays volleyball, right. does uh, track and field. So she's found a little cool. bit of her sister's footsteps, but yeah, it's, it's been awesome. I've been so blessed. I got, I got a great family and my wife actually graduated from Warburg college and was, is in the hall of fame there for basketball and volleyball. Oh, no great, kidding. A great for career. both of them. For both of them. Yeah. She's wow. kind of and she's a good little athlete. So our daughters definitely get all their athleticism from there, from her <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how was it balancing being a, a college coach with, with girls, you know, in school, especially three of them at the same time. And, and then you got the younger one. So. Yeah. That, it's really tough because um, it had to be really organized, had to be, you know, get stuff figured out. And I really tried to do a good job of when I pulled in the yard and um as you pull in, I'm real big into goal sheets. So my goal would be right as I pulled in, you could see in the garage, I'd see my goals and I'd turn my phone off and come inside and wait till the girls went to bed until they were done for the night. I wanted them to have some dad time. I'm pretty close with my girls and my wife and, and uh, really wanted to spend that time with them. And and then when they went to bed, then I could get back on my phone and call and text recruits. But it was, it was hard at times. Um, I was blessed for, I think 10 years and my wife stayed home was a stay at home mom. And then now it's gotten back in the workforce is now oh. assistant director of admissions here at UW lacrosse nice, and really worked nice. her way up the university. She'll be running this damn place before <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. Call me in, like do my eval on me anyway. Um, but it's, it, it's been, it's been really good, but it's some really trying times. The, the girls know wrestling. They know the wrestlers. They hear the stories. They ask about recruits. They, they knew they've watched films since they were babies with me sitting <laughs> on my lap. Um, yeah, we've, we've, spent a lot of time with wrestling has been a big part of our lives. But also if you look in our house, there's not one wrestling pitcher in our house. We don't have anything wrestling here. This is kind of different time fan. Cause I'm crazy like that. You can ask anybody. I would do wrestling 24 seven. I would do it all the time. Talk about it, watch film on it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I need that break to keep my sanity and keep my marriage and my kids <laughs> and everything else. So, yeah, you know, you, you kind of, what you reminded me of when you pulled in the driveway and you said, you looked at your goal sheet, um, and then you shut your phone off was Jim Miller. Actually, he posted that on Facebook or whatever that video of like, it's 40, it was 42 steps yeah. from his desk to the wrestling room. Yeah. And so he had like 42 steps to get his mind right. Yep. You know? And so that just kind of reminded me like, all right, I'm pulling in the driveway, put this aside. It's dad time now. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. That could be love- hard though. Like, Oh dude, it's so hard. And Cause you know, like, Hey, I got to go. This, this kid's not doing, I got to run back to the campus. We live, you know, 20 minutes from campus. I, I gotta go back. This kid's really struggling, you know, with mental health or this kid's struggling with family stuff. And like, man, there's just, there's just times where, Hey, th- this comes first, you know, and mm-hmm. staying off your phone on Sundays, we go to church and everything else. Well, then the guy started coming to the church. And so then I'd see him on Sundays. So yeah. My wife's like, Oh, come on. So it, it's been really good. It's, it's, it's really hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it's, it's been really hard, but uh, it's so worth it. And they understand and I'm a big part of their lives and they're a big part of my life. So I want them around the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also mentioned your wife, you know, has been a big part, you know, she was a stay at home mom for 10 years. What sort of things did she do? You know, here's your chance to like, you know, uplift her. What sort of things did she do to help you out so that you were able to succeed at coaching? Yeah. I mean, she really, she ran the house. I mean, she ran, like she had the tougher job of the two, right. I don't know, you know, your family life situation, but I mean, she's staying home with three, three-year-olds 
you know, we just moved to lacrosse. She doesn't know a single person. And within time, I mean, got her network of people going, but man, she had a tough job and there'd be days I'd come home. She's like, they're all yours. I need a little time to do myself, but she, she was just such a hard work, but she has athletic background and is just an amazing mother. But I, I'm telling you within those 10 years, it was the best thing for our girls. And she was involved at the school and the things she did. And then, you know, 13 years ago, uh, we started our, our team camp, our Malachek team camp. We did mm-hmm. our own LLC and now it's one of the largest camps in the United States. And she runs that thing. So we run a business together. I mean, we had 1500 athletes last year at camp, you know, we had 75 teams there and, uh, over in the Wisconsin Dells. And so, she runs, you know, a big part of that. And so we got to run a business together and you ever want to go through marriage counseling, just run a business. together. <laughs> <Holy smoke. laughs> but, you know, she did so many things that she knew my passion, my love for the team and for the guys and for my assistants and everybody involved in the program. She knew my passion and knew I was happy when I was with wrestling. And so, but she also, you know, had no problem calling me out on stuff and still does. Mm-hmm. And I'll I tell you this, I'll share this. I hope people hear this. And I don't know how many people watch this podcast, but I'll tell you this. This is one of the best things she ever said to me. It was my second year here. I was gone a lot. I was recruiting. And then I was doing this and this and this all for wrestling. And she, I came home. She looked at me. She was, I got to tell you something. She goes, when you're on your deathbed, who do you want around you? You want those trophies or do you want your family? And I was like, oh, yeah. So she dropped the mic and walked out of the room. I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta start getting better. I gotta get better. And I gotta get better here. I gotta get better at leaving her notes. I gotta get better at going, you know, Hey, just because I can watch film from eight till 10 AM, I could go to the girls school production and watch them try to play a, a flute, which sounds like not very good. I got to be there with the kids. And so I, I, that was the drop the mic. It was, um, the fall of, of 2007. So I got here in the fall of 06. It was the fall of 2007, seven, eight season. We ended up getting second in the nation that year. But I think that was the springboard of me being a better coach, being a better husband, being a better dad. <clears throat> and it was, yeah, you want trophies next to you? You want mm-hmm. your family, your girls? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good yeah, point. that's... Ooh, that's, Ooh, that's heavy. Right? Yeah, that's heavy. And that <laughs> because you want both, you know, like right. I, I also want to win. Right. I do. And so, like, you know what? And I've said this, like, hey, if we we don't win national championships, we haven't won, you know, we won national duels, but we haven't won a, a national champ. We've been second three times. Mm-hmm. And we never win one. And but yet I'm a great dad and great husband. Like, hey, I'm all right with that. I mean, I can I can sleep at night knowing that stuff, but I sure the hell are gonna give it everything I got and everything I can do. And, uh, and just be more organized and be better with that stuff. And and then I think I can do all three husband, dad, and coach. Yeah. Well said. Cause yeah, that's, I was just thinking, you know, um, that's tough. And I think, I think I was listening, uh, Dan Gable said this, had a similar experience where, you know, he wasn't being a good husband. He was being a damn good coach, yeah. but he wasn't being a very good husband. And, you know, he needed a, like a reality check and he had to change some things in order to be a better husband because, mm-hmm. It was kind of similar situation. Like, do you love this team or do you love me? Kind of thing. Right. Like, uh, dude, I love my wife, man. I, that's unbelievable, man. She, I definitely, oh, uh, she traded down. I traded. Uh, it's unbelievable. Like, I, I don't know how I got. It was one of my best recruiting pitches ever. I think was to her. Oh, really? What was it? 
I just had to really talk her into marrying me. I think that was the biggest thing. (laughs) How'd you meet her? Uh, Blind date. Um, She was in grad. So she graduated from Wartburg Mm -hmm. right when I moved to to Wartburg. So she was in graduate school at UNI and she played volleyball and basketball and her volleyball. I went into her volleyball coach's office. And I said, man, I'm single living in this town. I don't know anybody. You got to have some alums out there. So I started looking at pictures on her wall and I, I point this girl. And she's like, nah, she, he's, she's got a boyfriend. I said, How about this girl? Oh uh, yeah. I think she's single. So she emailed her. There wasn't a text <laughs> message. Yeah. We emailed her and she's like, yeah, I don't date wrestlers or I like to wear, she's six foot tall and oh, likes to wear heels. Yeah. So she's really tall. She thought all wrestlers were like five foot two. Mm-hmm. So we got mm-hmm. set up on a blind date and, and met her. And, and uh, six months later, shoot, we were engaged and got married really? a couple months after that. And we had three kids before our first anniversary. So we got wow. married in August and had triplets. In August. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm yeah. like five ten. She's okay. like, six wow. foot, so. <laughs> okay. So you're pretty tall still. Yeah. You know? So yeah. So anyway, I met her, I met her through mutual people at, mm-hmm. at Warburg college. And so, yeah, as much as I dislike Warburg college, I do have to give them credit. <laughs> D three yeah. college coaching start and meeting my wife. Yeah. How, how big of a shock was it? You know, when you, when you found out you were having triplets, not a shock in a bad way, but like, Whoa, like, uh, we, we sat downstairs in our house guys, you know, I mean, I don't know what, how much, you know, but they don't pay college coaches. A, a ton, right? Right. Back in right. the day, as an assistant coach at D three, I wasn't making hardly any money, and she was in admissions, not making a ton of money. And my goodness, um, we just sat downstairs and we like, cried. We were just crying, like, well, "How are we going to do this?" And yeah. I, it all works out, right? It all works right. out. People just kind of help out and step up and do everything they can to help you and do everything they possibly can. And it's been awesome. And so it was a huge shock, right? Mm-hmm. And real quick story: we did the ultrasound and. And, uh, in Iowa city, cause they're high risk because it was multiples and everything else. And the fur, there's the toes, there's its feet, there's its arm. It's a girl. I'm like, yeah, girl, <laughs> I get to the second one. It's another girl. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, oh, come on. Got to the third one. I didn't even clap. I didn't do it on the third one. Another girl. I was like, huh? Oh, okay. We get in the van. My wife looked at me. She goes, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I, I just wanted yeah. one boy yeah just one yeah. boy and, mm-hmm. and it it all worked out it all yeah worked. gosh so when did when you found out they were triplets like where you yep. you were just at the ultrasound and they were were you just expecting like all right yeah we're gonna go in we'll see yeah you know, how far you're well, they, doing and then they're like oh there's three of them here and yeah no 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 right right <laughs> they'd said you know we we went back in because and i'm sorry my messages keep popping up sorry that's okay it's, that's okay um it's all the girls are texting my wife. So <laughs> anyway, um, we went in because they said there's something wrong with the blood work. We wanted to make sure that, you know, someone's wrong. And we said, Hey man, we, we can do it. If we can get anybody to do it, we can do it. So we, um, went back in, they said, well, hey, this is the reason why your blood work is off, you know, to my wife is you're having three and I said, three, what? And they're like, you got three babies in there. I was like, Holy shit. My wife never swears. And I heard her swear when that happened. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. So that's it's all good. Yeah. All good. That's incredible. That's incredible. So then, so you have the four now and, and what, what is she interested in your youngest, you know, are all, so are all three of them running cross country? Yeah. At, they're all running cross country, indoor track and outdoor track at the university of Illinois. So mm-hmm. 
Um, they all kind of have their specialties, what they do. Core is more of your long distance and Lydia's Molly is more your steeple and, and mid distance. Oh. And Lydia's got a little more speed. She's more your 800 and mile oh, and nice. 600 okay. indoor. So yeah, they all kind of have their separate things. So, um, I'm laughing at technology because I don't know how to stop that beep noise. As they keep <laughs> That's okay. Do you hear that? Very faintly. Very faintly. Oh, okay. It's okay. not a big deal. It's but. when you have triplets and they have, you're on a group chat with them. <laughs> like it's nonstop, dude. It's like nonstop. Anyway. <laughs> So your youngest, yeah. What what is she kind of now? She's she's in ninth grade, so she's ninth starting grade, to yep. figure things out or start yeah, to yeah. I think play around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, she really she you know uh, enjoys volleyball, you know, and and is not you know uh, doing basketball, but is is getting into track and field and and uh, I think she, I don't know what she'll do. You know, I don't I really don't know. She's doing well in school. She's very active in the school and has great grades. Like once again, takes after her mother and, and um, man, I, I think the, is she had three great examples uh, of her sisters on how to work hard and make sacrifices and be disciplined. And I think we teach them all that other stuff. People always ask, what'd you do with your girls? And we didn't hire any special coaches. We didn't do any nutritionist strength coaches, special club coaches. We taught them all the other stuff, just accountability, hard work, discipline. You know, we taught them that stuff and through example, and man, it worked for us. I don't know if that works for every other family, but that, that worked for us. We didn't need anybody else's influence. We, we tried to teach them the other stuff that would help them the rest of their lives. Yeah. And it kind of worked out well that they were, you know, like that stuff that all can translate into success in cross country too, you know, like mm-hmm. discipline, you know, you have to run every day, obviously, you know, oh. nutrition, yeah. Yeah, those little things, you know, like that's, that was a big deal. Yep. Yep. It's all good so, stuff. You got a yeah. Great Thanks yeah. For yeah, of course. Of course. That's part of the reason why, you know, I like to celebrate on and off the mat. You know, I like, yep. you know, I like to encompass it all because I like people to kind of get to know a little bit more about you and who you are, you know, rather than, <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm Dave Malchick. I'm the head coach EW Cross. We all right. know that. You know, we all know right. That. Right. Yeah. I got a little dry sense of humor and I love, I love telling stories about my family and <laughs> man, I had a great ride, man. I've had just put good people around you. It's been awesome. I love it. I love the yeah. sport of wrestling. Just absolutely mm. love it. What would you do if you weren't involved in wrestling or if you weren't, you know, like, <laughs> or like when you retire, like what, what are you going to do? I don't know, man. That, that's a great question. I don't know. Um, you know, I can't, I, I, <laughs> I, I love sitting in saunas. I would love wood <laughs> sitting in a sauna all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, and that's the scary part is I'm 52 and I feel like I got 10 years left in me. So I got to figure that out. that's a Kelly. That's a great question. I probably should look into this. Um, I'm joking. I've, I I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really, um, I'm going to stay in this until I'm not doing justice to the kids and I'm not I'm not getting any better and then I'm going to get out, but I could get in some administration. I think I could get in. I'd love to help other coaches. Uh, um, I would love to, to keep helping, you know, younger coaches connecting with them and trying to help with the, on the administrative side of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I could be a weekend farmer. I don't know. I go back. To the <laughs> farm. I could do that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. My, my brother probably wouldn't agree, but I'd still go back. <laughs> hey, I would like, you know what I'd like to do is I, I would like to do play by play for wrestling meets, you know, like really, you know, the old Iowa public television. I used to love that with Tim Johnson and those guys, um, or even like Gable and Miller and Shane Sparks and all those guys. I would, I would like to do uh commentary uh, on that, but uh, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, 
that's what I'm going to school for. So, Are you? Sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing the Nebraska duel this this Friday. They wrestle North Dakota State, and I'll be okay. on the call. And oh, good. Now, you know, now make sure I listen in. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll that's <laughs> yeah. great. So that'll be on BTN Plus. So if you have okay. BTN Plus, but. Yeah, oh, we get, we're all about B10. We got everything Big Ten you can imagine in this house. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Because, because Illinois is in it. Yep. Yes. Um, do you still have the UW lacrosse team camp that like we used to come to? Uh, we do. Now we do. We do not at UWL. We do a Malachek team camp at the, uh, the uh, Dells. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, that sounds massive. You just said it's 75 crazy. teams. Holy cow. It was crazy. Yeah. 1,500 kids. It was nuts. It was, it was awesome, but yeah, it's crazy. I try not to think about camp just yet. <laughs> that, I mean, when do you start planning for that? You we know, with that, with that stop. many people. Yeah, we just don't stop. stop. It's, it's year round. So that's another free time, you know, like getting ready for camp and, you know, really making sure that UWL stuff is done and that's taken care of family stuff is done. And then, Hey, you got an hour here. Let's work on Malchek team camp. So it, like I said earlier, like my wife does a great job with it. Uh, our kids work at it. Our families come back and work at it. We try to make it a family atmosphere. I got mm-hmm. alums that come back and work. We have 40, 50 people on staff. They come back and work at it, and they make it market on their calendar last week in June every year. For 13 years in a row, we've been over in the Dell. So it's wow. been awesome. Like It's been a great experience. Get to see so many kids and coaches reunite with them and have spend a, a week with them. It's been awesome. Yeah. Well, you know <laughs> – from from our perspective, nothing will ever beat the Warburg team camp. Yeah, you know we awesome. always keep going back to that. And when we camp yep. there, yeah, and we had that big storm come through, and yeah, here comes crazy. here comes Dave Malachek making sure we're okay. <laughs> you know, like we everybody on that team, our coaches, Chet, my dad, like we all always still talk about that and have a good yeah, laugh about awesome. how awesome that was. So uh, I do remember that. Oh my God, that storm came through. And like, yeah. there's that sense of responsibility. Like, oh, I'm in charge of all these kids. We, get, I better make sure everybody's okay. <laughs> I still want my job. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so. But you know, you know that's, that's wrestlers too. Like everybody's, oh yeah, no big deal. Like, I think other sports and other people would be like, oh my god, the storm. And wrestlers like, that's so sweet. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we just hopped in my dad's camper, but yep. yeah. I had to make I mean, sure you guys were all right. I yeah. That's yeah. all. I'm glad you guys remember that. Yeah, still do. And it's still one of our, it's still one of our favorite memories. <laughs> you know, my brother, everyone who was there, we still get a good kick out of it. And oh, that's good. And remembering your wife roll up with all th- with the triplets, you know, in the yep. three-seater uh stroller. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got triplets. Whoa. Yeah. You know? So I used to be a hell of a workout trying to push that thing around going up <laughs> no kidding. Or getting oh, through that. grocery stores and fairway there in Waverly. It was it was quite the chore. Oh, I bet. I didn't think nuts. about that. It was nuts. So we could tell stories on end about how different that was with three and surviving three and not sleeping for ages. It seemed like, but now they're all gone. Now it's mm-hmm. so quiet in the house. I'm down in the basement and this has never been this quiet down. <laughs> really? What? So what is um like on a typical night? What's your wife and, and your daughter up to right now? Yeah. Um, right now, I mean, Bella's just getting done with homework and, okay. uh, and Kiba and I were, uh, we just got done eating supper, right? Right. I just got home to eat and then, you know, haven't been on the phone yet, but I, as I see, it's been blowing up a million mm-hmm. times. And so I'll kind of wait until nine o'clock here, I suppose, nine 15. And 
and then start answering some of that and then go to bed <laughs> by 9 30, 10 o'clock. I, I go to bed really early, but also we're up at five o'clock. One of the things that oh, we've wow. done as a, as a, a couple as we get up every morning, five, five fifteen, and have coffee together. And uh, she leaves to go oh. to work a little after seven and we got morning lifts tomorrow at six 30. So we get a, you know, close to an hour together in the morning, having coffee. And uh, we just started days like that, but we go to bed early. Cause yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Tired, so, you know, um, so my wife wants to, you know, she likes to do your always ask me to do something like that, but I'm not a morning person. I'm a night person. So we go actually, we go on walks. So like, yeah, awesome. you know, it'll be when she gets back from her Bible study, we'll go out yep. for half hour, 45 minute walk with the dog. And that's, that's kind of our coffee time. You. you know, that's awesome. That's all. So. That's good. I'm glad you get bring that example up. Cause I, I think couples need to have that. And I try to share that with our guys too, you know, like finding those right things to do and, and make it important, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, you're, she's a nighttime Bible study. Your wife is mine. I go in the morning at, and on Wednesday mornings, we usually go. So mm-hmm. uh, you got to find that time, you know, mm-hmm. and you're up early, man. It's peaceful. It's quiet, but it's kind of funny during COVID. Then our, the triplets started getting up and decided they like coffee and you want to talk about something funny, give, give a bunch of 17, 18 year olds caffeine at that early in the morning in stereo. It's like, <laughs> no, I have noticed that. Yeah. High schoolers and they're getting younger and younger. They want, they're, they're drinking coffee. And I'm like, geez, I didn't touch coffee till probably a few years ago. Like, I know. Right. You know, I, I know. Probably 28. Yeah. But, used to really drink the Mountain Dew, but then we got into, <laughs> got off that because that was kind of bad. Then yeah. coffee. We have coffee every morning. I love it. Mm. Just absolutely love it. Are you are you morning? Are you a morning person? Big time. Big time. Big okay. Time. Yeah. I've heard it that, gets, you know, that's good. Yeah. It gets to be nine o'clock at night. I'm I'm ready to go to bed. Like I get tired, but it all depends on what what else is going on in wrestling world. And we got tournament coming up this weekend and duel mm-hmm. next week. So you start prepping for those things. So yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Right on. When, when, I guess last question for you, when do you yep. start putting together and prepping for the season? You just said you're prepping for this weekend. When did you start? Yeah. And so, prepping? yeah, that's a great question. Like, um, really go, it kind of goes in cycles, but I always try to take a little bit of break and not, and then don't mm. call my assistants. Don't call anybody. Wow. Just like, I got to do that to recharge my batteries. Um, it seems like you're always planning ahead and always trying to, to stay ahead of the game. Um, first season, like we'll, we usually take a two week vacation, we can have vacation, um, and somewhere where just try to stay off the phone for that whole time and lay out the whole season from words of the week to technique wise or competitions and really try to lay that out in the spring and then really think it through early summer and then put it into motion, you know, come August 1st. And so really planning those things out well in advance, but allowing yourself some grace and some leeway, like it's not always going to go as planned. Um, I think those things as, as we kind of fly through with practice schedules, uh, trying to be flexible with that. Um, but there's some things that we don't change. This is when our family get together is with the team. This is when we do pictures. This is when we do a Christmas party. I mean, there's so many things. Uh, Christmas party. Oh my God. Yeah. We love it at our house. I, we bring the whole team out here. They get dressed up, ugly Christmas sweaters. (laughs) We have white elephant gift. We eat together. We laugh Mm -hmm. together and, man, we have a great time. And I always think, oh, they'll only be here a couple hours. And like four and a half hours later, they're still here. We have a big house. We build a new house and everybody comes out here. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So now we got a hot tub. So they probably want to sit Ooh, out there. Longer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, it, it's always planning. Like I, I, I want to 
I, I never like getting caught off guard. I, I don't like being unorganized, even though at times I could be, and mm-hmm. I don't like being surprised. And mm-hmm. so like, if I plan well enough ahead, um, I always feel like things kind of go that way. So yeah, it's been, good. It's been perfect. Good. Yeah. What were you for Halloween? I did not. This is one of the first times I really? did dress up, but it, my caveman outfit that I pulled off a couple of years ago. And then we yeah. were Dalmatian. I was a Dalmatian. The last <laughs> one I was Dalmatian. My wife was that the evil lady. Uh, oh, Cru- Cruella DeVille. Oh, yeah. Cruella, yeah. <laughs> do you do a team? Do you do any like a team activity or team we did it. costume we, party? We did not. We did not. And uh, I know some teams do that stuff. And and I had asked our guys and they're like, nah, we're good coach. So <laughs> I, that's another one of those things like asking them, like, I think it'd be awesome. Right. <laughs> and I think I'd be so funny. And I've seen other teams do it. Mm. They're like, nah, we're good. And yeah. so if yeah. they don't want to do it, why force them to do it? So, yeah. Right on. They would rather come out. They would rather come out, get the bonfire going. They would rather wow. come out here and sit at the house, watch Monday night football, than then get dressed up and, and mm-hmm. go trick or treating. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, I appreciate the time, coach. You You're know, welcome. 17 years, seven top four finishes. You're ranked fifth preseason. I mean, just a storied success at UW lacrosse, you know, and many great things to come. So it's just uh, it's been a wild that. ride, I'm sure. It is. And I just appreciate this opportunity to tell a story and get to know you a little bit and remember some good stories from back Mm -hmm. in the day. And you meet so many unique people in this world and especially in the sport of wrestling. And I think sometimes as wrestlers, we take that for granted. And like, Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate that what you're trying to do for wrestling and and what we're trying to do for wrestling and keep Mm -hmm. that thing in the center and up front and everybody knows about it and knows these great stories. I'm just telling you, there's some amazing men's and women's coaches out there that I hope you get to talk to so many of them because they got some great stories and Mm -hmm. They're just trying to make this sport number one as it should be. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Dave Malachek, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to comment, rate, and subscribe to this podcast. You can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. I also have a new website you can visit at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast.my.canva.site. You can also find that link in the show notes. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time. Shut up!